pack. Uh, Governor Christie, thank you for joining us. We've been uh, talking about your work and your uh, the most recent message you posted on Twitter. And that message, you're holding a microphone. It looks like you're in the middle of a debate. Do you have a, a guaranteed way to, uh, I mean, other than getting the 40,000 people you will get, maybe have gotten already to contribute to your campaign, to make sure that Trump actually agrees to meet you on that debate stage? I don't, but, you know, Michael, I, I, I do think that it's important for the RNC. You know, they've set rules regarding amount of donors. They've set rules on polling. They've set rules to have a loyalty pledge. I think they need to set a rule that requires participation in the debate. Um, if, in fact, you want to participate in any of them. So it shouldn't be that any candidate gets to pick and choose which debates that are sponsored by the RNC, um, you know, they show up at. If you choose to skip one, in my view, you shouldn't be permitted to come to any of the rest of them. Now, I was not sure. I know that you have said that you would take the loyalty pledge just as seriously as Trump took it in 2016, which wasn't seriously at all. Does that mean that you would make a loyalty pledge that you would support anyone uh, who wins the nomination for the Republican Party would get your support? I would sign the pledge, Michael, in order to get on the debate stage and try to save my party and my country. But as I've said to everybody, I'll take the pledge just as seriously as Donald Trump did in 2016. When you'll recall at, at, at a debate after the pledge was signed, we were asked to reaffirm the pledge by raising our hands. There were 10 of us on the stage, and nine of us raised our hands, and Donald Trump did not. And he said, well, I'll just have to see how it turns out. So, And he wasn't kicked off the stage by the RNC at that point in time. So, you know, we'll take it just as seriously as he did. Good. Okay, so here's the other question that I have, and I think a lot of people have, is that, uh, there's such a sense of negativity in our politics right now. What is the number one positive change that people would see in our country at large uh, under a Chris Christie administration? A nationwide educational choice program, Michael, where regardless of your socioeconomic status, regardless of where you live, the parents should have universal choice as to where to send their children to school. You know, for those of us who have done well in life and have the financial resources, we already have that. But there are many who do not, and especially those who are in failing schools. If you want to lift the optimism and the hope of every family in America, allow them to be integral deciders of where their children are educated. And if you do that and we get people going to, you know, schools that really can help educate them. You look at the, the latest national testing scores, and it is a disgrace how far America is falling in terms of the way we educate our kids, and it's because we're excluding parents and forcing them to, to go to schools that are failure factories, and we need to do much better. And I think that's one way to increase hope in every household all across the country. Uh, good for you. Uh, what about actually winning the war in Ukraine and, more importantly, defeating the evil empire of Vladimir Putin? Why and how would you do a better job of that than Joe Biden or Donald Trump? 
Well, first of all, I wouldn't send mixed signals like both Trump and Biden have done. Trump did it by leveraging military support uh, for Ukraine against getting dirt on Joe Biden during a presidential campaign. And Biden, uh, you know, when he entered office, said, well, a small incursion wouldn't be a problem. Um, Well, everybody's definition of small is different. And now we see what Vladimir Putin's definition of small is. Look, there need to be clear signals from the American president that we are with Ukraine and we will not cut and run. We need to send them the military hardware that they need to be able to fight the war against Russia. And we need to make sure that this war is ultimately resolved on terms that are acceptable to Ukraine. And that's what I would do as president. And I would try to play a positive role in getting it resolved. Um, But the way the best way to do that is to let Russia know that in the end, China, who is really this is who our proxy war is with, since the Chinese are funding the Russian war effort by buying so much Russian oil. Um, we need to let them know that uh, we are going to stand with Ukraine and we will not be cutting and running. Uh, that's a clear message. And what message would you uh, try to send uh, with uh, the most important appointments that you would be making to the White House staff and to the cabinet? What are you looking for above all with people you're going to have as part of an administration? Well, the first rule in my administration is we won't hire our family to positions in the White House (laughs) that then permits them to grift um, on their public position and get $2 billion from the Saudi Sovereign Wealth Fund six months after they leave office. That won't be something that will be allowed to happen, uh, which was done under Donald Trump. Um, Secondly, we're going to appoint people who are unquestionably competent and qualified, and we're going to let them run their departments with real philosophic direction from the president about what we want to get accomplished and deadlines on attempting to get that accomplished. And most importantly, um, we're going to appoint an attorney general as a former U.S. attorney. I can guarantee you this. We will appoint an attorney general who will prosecute every crime without fear or favor or partisanship and require that of every U.S. attorney in the Department of Justice and folks in Maine justice. Um, That's the way to restore faith and confidence in our judicial system in this country, which has been torn to tatters ever since Eric Holder became attorney general back in in, in 2009. Do you think uh, there's going to be a role for Bruce Springsteen in the uh, Christie administration? Just for him to keep singing. That'll be about it. Michael, nothing else. Well, I certainly hope you keep uh, uh, singing, sir. Uh, Concentrating on New Hampshire right now? Yes, concentrating on New Hampshire right now. We're going to make a big effort there, but we're also going to spend time in South Carolina. Um, We really believe that there's opportunity in South Carolina, that the race is going to look different by time South Carolinians will be voting. And as you know, there are a lot of South Carolinians now who are refugees from New York and New Jersey. And uh, so they won't be thrown off at all um, by a a direct um, and effective Northeastern governor coming down there to make the case for becoming president. Okay, President Trump just said uh, to Newsmax, Christie couldn't get elected dog catcher. Your quick response. (laughs) He's obviously scared. He shouldn't be talking about me at all, and he can't quite help himself. 
I, you, this is my message to the president. Be a man and show up on August 23rd, and then we can have a full discussion about who's going to get elected to what. I appreciate it. That's Governor Chris Christie. We will put up uh, on our website at michaelmedved.com a way to get in touch with him uh, directly. I already know people, uh, Governor Christie, who are very enthusiastic about your campaign and are grateful that you're running and that your voice is out there. We will be right back.